Buon pomeriggio, amici. That means good afternoon, friends. It's our first recording back in our home recording studio. We've been back from Italy for about nine days. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, we're trying to pretend we're still there, so we've just made an Aperol spritz. Yes, it's the first Aperol spritz, and it's actually snowing out, but hey, what the heck. <laughs> All right, chin chin, I'm just having a sip. Me too. We're on opposite sides of the studio, so I can't do it proper chin chin, but here we go. Chin chin, belly mm-hmm. Oh, yum. I just have to say that we really did become um, big fans of Aperol Spritz during this past trip. Yeah, that's my new go-to. Now that I don't sail that much anymore, instead of Mount Gantonic, it's Aperol Spritz. (laughs) Well, you decided, though, it can be the perfect Sunday afternoon cocktail, which it is right now. Mm -hmm. A little cold and snowflakes outside, but instead of like a Bloody Mary type beverage. This is a refreshing one. Wakes you up. Light. Light. Makes me feel like Italy. Right. Summer, spring, fall, you name it. It is easy, delicious. It's just Prosecco. Italian Prosecco, of course. Aperol. A little club soda on top. All of this on ice in a big globe type glass. And a nice slice of fresh orange. I think we could call this the official Sunday afternoon cocktail of Kimberly's Italy. (laughs) How about just the official cocktail of Kimberly's Italy? Just cocktail, because then, of course, we have wine. Exactly. From different regions, etc. Yes. So for now, we'll have our Aperol Spritz and tell you about this latest episode. We decided to start from scratch of this road trip I did. Three and a half week road trip from the north to the south. However, last week we put up an episode that we recorded outside the fishing piers in the port of Monopoly. Right. Teeny little village down in Puglia. While we were there, it was sunny and warm, and we decided to just take our recording equipment down to the seaside, and we did that recording and put it up last week. And as good as it sounded and as enjoyable as it was, we decided instead of kind of zigzagging between all these different places that we went and things that we saw to actually start from scratch. So that's what this episode is all about. At the top of Italy with Kitten Club number one. Right. (laughs) In case you don't know what that is, in one of our more recent episodes, we referred to these two back-to-back trips I had with two different groups of women as the Kitten Club. So Kitten Club one, Kitten Club two. And that'll come into play later with Various types of transportation, etc. It was the theme going forward. It was the theme, yes. <laughs> so, Kitten Club One was three other women, and I'll just say their names to make it easy to refer to down the road: Charlene, Sally, and Samantha. And we decided they decided, I should say, they wanted to see all of Italy from the top to the bottom. And we had two weeks, maybe seventeen days total, to do so. Samantha was the only one that had been to Italy before. Charlene and Sally had never been to other places in Europe, of course, but never to Italy. And Samantha had gone during, you know, the typical college type whirlwind trip, staying in hostels, trains everywhere, eating cheese and chunks of uh, 
bread and chunks of cheese, that kind of thing. So this was a little bit more upscale for her. <laughs> so we flew into Milano. We all met in um, Newark or wherever it was. We all flew into Milano and I had reserved an Opel Astra. That is a brand of car that used to be in America a long time ago, correct? I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, well, it's called Opel. It's still around. And they make a station wagon and it was a brand new car and a manual. No, I should say automatic, not stick shift, correct? It's an automatic? Yes. Okay. So it was an automatic and I thought, you know, lots of driving I'm going to have. So I'll do, I'll go with the automatic. I'm fine with a stick shift, but let's up our game because, you know, all of our stories of our travels always involved a Fiat and I just didn't <laughs> want to have to talk about that. A punto. <laughs> So I had reserved the Opel Astra station wagon. We get to the car rental agency in the Milano airport, which is very easy. You get right outside the customs, you grab a cappuccino, you get your luggage and off you walk straight to the car rental area. It's not like in the States where you have to take a, you know, a bus that goes around the airport. We walk right over there. They couldn't have been nicer and she said, Echo Chiave to your Fiat. Here are your keys to your Fiat Tipo. <laughs> wasn't a Punto, but it was still a Fiat. I just really wanted another brand car. So I had something else to talk about in these episodes. But instead, I got a Tipo. And a Tipo, the word Tipo means type, but you can also use the word Tipo to describe a man. Que Tipo. What kind of man is that? Or, Kate Tipo, what kind of woman's that? So anyway, we got a Fiat Tipo. However, it was clean, it was nice, and it just fit our luggage. We had large luggage, four women, two and a half weeks, you know, quite a bit of luggage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kittens with luggage. Mm -hmm. And the Fiat Tipo was a stick shift with six gears. So I had never driven a car with six gears, so... I was just accustomed to the fifth gear and then I kept forgetting to kind of go into the sixth gear. Anyway, so we get in our Fiat Tipo. It was kind of gray. That's okay. They were excited. It was a Monday morning after the rush hour and we drove from Milano Malpensa to Lake Como. And once we got off the autostrada coming down over the hills, you can see the Swiss Alps and or Swiss mountains, I should say, pre-Alpini. And the lakes below, and with that, all three women were like, oh, so beautiful. Even though it was gray and kind of blah color-wise, they just were mesmerized. So we started driving from the autostrada down to the secondary old ancient little road that goes straight up the lake to our destination. As I kept going more and more no north, they were like, oh, what? There's the cars. They're so close. This road's so narrow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We almost hit. It's like, ah, tranquilo, you guys. I'm used to this. This is how it is. We'll be fine. So it took them a good 20 minutes to get over the, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> every time we'd pass another car or a truck or a bus, whomever was on, you know, behind me on the passenger, on the driver's side would be like, <gasps> oh my gosh, we almost hit. No, we didn't. We're fine. So it took them a, a bit to get used to that, but it, they were first timers and everyone's like that. Right. You were too the first time. 
Well, I be, before you, I had driven in Europe before. No, no, in Lake Como specifically. Oh, in Lake Como specifically. Yes, yes, right. yes. Narrow yes. roads. Very narrow. Local, you know, community buses. Laid out buses. by the Romans. <laughs> yes. And the houses built right up to, there's no sidewalk. No. There's nothing. No, you can pull up, you can stop on the road and ask for an Aperol spritz in someone's window yes. if you had to. <laughs> anyway, so they got over it eventually. But since it was a Monday, I figured, you know, it's quiet, it's calm, and our hotel rooms at the boathouse might not be ready yet. So we stopped in Chernobyl. As you know, my favorite village. And since the car was loaded with our luggage, I thought, oh, I'll park close to the road where all the, you know, people are walking by, et cetera. And you had to pay through the digital, what do I call it? A digital um, parking lot. Digital parking meter. Parking meter. Thank you. So you take one of the spots that's marked with a blue line and then you walk to the post where you fill out with your card credit card, everything they need to know about your card, but it's all in Italian and doesn't mean that that was easy to read. And I couldn't figure it out. And finally I got to the part where it said, enter your Targa, your license plate. I was like, oh, the car's like, you know, hundred meters behind. So someone went down, took a picture of the Targa, the license plate, came back, gave it to me. By this time, there's like 10 people waiting to do their own parking meter little digital printout you get and you stick it in the in the windshield. So pro tip number one, yes. when you're renting a car in Italy, take a picture of the license plate immediately. Good idea. And then just ask for help because they're used to it. And I probably annoyed these people. And finally, I just turned around. And I said, I'm sorry, I haven't had to use one of these before. Can you help? So the next guy did, it didn't work. Then a woman behind him did it. And it turned into this like group effort and everyone's swearing and their hands are flinging. And then finally we got it going and they're like, oh, grazie Dio. I went and stuck the little printout on the dashboard and off we went. First stop, I walked them up the main little street, which I've discussed before, the one-way road. And we went to Patisseria Poletti, my favorite, favorite coffee shop. And again, they had a quick one. Your favorite coffee shop in Lake Como. In Lake Como. Because you have favorite coffee yes, shops that's true. in every single place you go. They had had a quick cappuccino at the airport, but that wasn't, you know, amazing. So for their first legitimate coffee cappuccino, I should say, in Italy, we went to Patisseria Poletti we walked in this adorable little place and we I ordered all of us a cappuccio, the Italian northern Italian nickname for cappuccino. One euro each. And it was so delicious and they could not believe it was one euro each. And with that, they started looking at their pastries and everything else. They decided to get a one of everything. And I said, well, we are going to have lunch in a bit. I don't care. It's our first day in Italy. <laughs> they had brioche. They had all kinds of stuff. And then, of course, we ordered a second. And with that, you know, I broke the rule again, had a second cappuccino, and it was... I think you've been given papal dispensation to break the rule. When I'm... Thank you. That is a good good point. But when I'm with people that are so excited, it's their first time. And keep in mind that the 
cappuccino cups are very small. I think we discussed this in our last episode. Mm-hmm. They're teeny. Yeah. So one cappuccino is the equivalent of a quarter of our normal size coffee cup. No. A half? Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Okay. Two-thirds. Anyway, so we had two. They had pastries. And then I walked them around the little village. Everything was closed because it was Monday. And I walked them down to Harry's Bar. And I said, we're coming back here tomorrow night for an Aperol Spritz. This will be your first official Aperol Spritz here at Harry's Bar outside. Because even though it was a bit gray, it was warm. So there's nothing better than sitting outside at Harry's Bar. As Tom knows, Mm -hmm. that's the scene of his famous nap. (laughs) a little post-lunch wine nap under the arcade where they so kindly covered him with a little blanket or whatever it was. propped me up with pillows. Propped you up with pillows. So they were very excited, all the girls, the kittens, to see the scene of the next night's Aperol Spritz at Harry's Bar. Speaking of Aperol, hold on, let me take a sip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much. Such a good idea to have one. So after our walkabout of Chernobyl, then we got back into the Fiat Tipo and we drove up to my favorite boathouse, the place to stay in Lalio, which I have described before, uh, Locanda del Cantieri. And it's only maybe a 20 minute drive up the lake. Many more. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, so close. Whoa. Oh, stop it. I can't take it. How do you do this? It was very funny. And and this time, maybe with the, you know, help of some caffeine, they were extra, <laughs> extra animated about the close calls of the car. But it was only a station wagon. Remember, I drove that Mercedes, Mercedes van the whole time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was fun just to drive there. We got to La Locanda del Cantieri, saw one of the brothers, Giorgio, and dropped our luggage off, went straight into their lovely little restaurant and had lunch. First meal, risotto con tartufo. It was truffle hunting season, of course, Uh and we had risotto with truffles delicious. That's all we had. Oh, a one insalata mista between us, one salad. That's all we had. And it was perfect. So we went back upstairs, put on some sneakers. And I said, let me walk you up these ancient footpaths that we've also described. The medieval paths that everyone took to get from village to village. And with that, the sun popped out. We took our little jackets off. It was warm. It was sunny. And also with that came their, oh my God, look at this place. Oohs and ahs and just exclamations about how incredible this is. And for someone's first time to Lake Como, it's one thing to just look at it in an overcast day. But when the sun comes out, it's incredible. And so the colors of the cypress, the lake, the mountains, and I will say it's the first time ever that I had been there without seeing snow on the mountains. That was weird. Right. right. End of October. I don't know why. They had a warmer season than normal. Climate change. I guess so. 
Anyway, we hiked up these old ancient pathways and they just picture after picture, video, selfies. <laughs> we didn't get far. And Samantha was the youngest, of course, so she uh, was very good at selfies, selfie videos in portrait mode, you name it. Lots and lots of photos. And it was the perfect way to kind of refresh and walk off your jet lag, your truffle risotto, get this fresh air. And the higher and higher you walked, the the better you felt. They all loved it. So after all of that, we all took showers, regrouped, and went straight back downstairs to the cantiere and had a very early dinner, <laughs> a light little dinner. We just had fish and some wine, local wine from the Valtellina Hills, and called it a night because if you can plow through your first day, stay up, have an early dinner, not much of it, go to bed, you are good to go the next day, which is exactly what happened. So the next morning we got up and we drove up the lake to Tremit. So after another quote unquote harrowing drive, oh my <laughs> God, you almost hit that bus. The bus almost hit you. It was like, come on, we'll be fine. We survived and I found a place to park, a public parking lot, quote unquote, had about, you know, eight spots, which is not easy to do, to find an available spot in a public parking. So we left the Fiat Tipo there and we walked through the busy Tuesday morning Mercato outside market. And all the girls were blown away at the busyness of everything they sold from cheese to fish to meats to leather goods to clothes, shoes, you olive name oil. it, olive oil, guitars, violins. I mean, everything was for sale at this market, but we had to meet Mattia, the boat driver. He owns three boats. He has his own business on Lake Como. He's my favorite. And if I plan a trip for you, I tee you up with Mattia for sure. Anyway, so we had to meet Mattia and these girls were like, oh my God, look at the chunks of Parmigiano. I was like, come on, you'll see it on the way back. So we meet Mattia. He was waiting for us off a main dock. We get in and he drove us around Villa Balbionella, one of the most famous villas on Lake Como, which funny enough was in Daniel Craig's first James Bond film called Casino Royale. Ah, right. I remember that. Right. At the ending there. Yes. When yes. he was recuperating from almost dying. Yes. And that villa has an incredible history and is so stunning. Not just the villa, but the cypress and the plantings just to die for. So funny. Funny enough. Daniel Craig's last movie, the one that just came out now, No Time to Die, we also went to that location down in Matera. So this this trip of mine was kind of like a James Bond, Daniel Craig's um, <laughs> summary, first to last. Anyway, so Mattia drove us around, showed them various villas, and then we went straight across the lake to the eastern side to Varena, my second favorite village. And we decided he would pick us up three, three and a half hours later. So I first thing I did was walk them straight up this ancient little village to Villa Ciprese, which I think I've mentioned before. It's the Cypress Villa, the villa itself, but then these gardens. 
And this time we chose to just stay out in the gardens because it was about 70 degrees, stunning weather, blue, blue sky, incredible, incredible sunshine. And the benefit was being there the third week of October because of the fall foliage. So add to the cypress and the palm trees and all these botanicals, there were orange and reds like you don't normally see, almost like New England fall foliage colors. So you combine that together. It was a visual overload. We couldn't drag ourselves away. It was so beautiful. But we finally did because they wanted lunch. So we walked (laughs) down to one of the little piazzas next to a church from, again, you know, like 800 AD, because the village of Verena was actually founded in 796 AD by the local fishermen. But most of the churches and buildings are from about 11, 1200. So we sat outside in this teeny piazza. Um, There's about three little restaurants and they all have three or four tables each. That's about it. So we chose one and this lovely, funny waiter came out and he gave us his menu in French for some reason. He thought we were French, told him we're American, but I could speak Italian. And then he practiced his English. He was so friendly. And I was so happy that their first waiter outside of our awesome little hotel was someone so personable. So we ordered pizza, their first pizza in Italy, and a bottle of Italian rosé. And most people wouldn't think of Italian rosé, but it is very good, refreshing. As good as the French, perhaps? Not sure. Anyway, so when this pizza came out, they were speechless. You know, they hadn't had an Italian pizza before with that shaved, thin brasala or prosciutto or mozzarella burrata. It was just the oohs and ahs and the exclamations with every bite. (laughs) It's so fun to be with someone that has never had that specific thing before. You know, but yes, but it's even fun to be with someone that's been there as many times as you have and as many times as I have. And you're still, when you get that pizza, you still experience the same thing. I mean, it. the beauty of it never goes away. That's very true. But in this situation, to be with three women right, just, I, just ooing and awing nonstop over their pizza. Kittens meowing. <laughs> it was... It was so special. So after our delicious lunch, which also shocked them that we left maybe five euro tip, that was it. They wanted to leave 20 euro because he was so great. And I explained how that all works. But the gratitude that any waiter sees when you leave them five or 10 euro, they're so appreciative. And if you go back the next time, they remember you for sure, which I did a lot in the upcoming <laughs> cities for yes, sure. Absolutely. I did. So I walked them around the rest of Verena, which is up and down steep, steep hills, medieval stone staircases, a good workout, so much to see, so much history. And we finally went back down to the dock and Mattia was there on time. He took us back another little route to him, it's his, he lives in Tremet, so this is his backyard. He does it every day. 
And I said, oh, just drive them another way so they can see a few more villas. He's like, okay. And in the interim, he's trying to fix my gimbal that I had for a, to take some video. He wasn't hardly paying attention. I steered for a while because it's just all second nature to him. And the girls are in the back going, oh, look at that one. Oh my gosh, look at that one. Look at that garden. It was so fun to see someone experience the beauty of Lake Como for the first for the time. first time, absolutely. So we get off the boat, say, ci vediamo to Mattia, see you soon, I hope. And we started to walk to the car, that little public parking spot I found. And as we're walking up the hill on these definitely medieval stone steps, steps, I didn't see the car. I did not see the white Fiat Tipo. And I got a little nervous and I just went too fast and boom, tripped. I went face forward, arms splayed out. Ass over tea kettle? I guess so. No, I was still like in a diving position. Okay. When I realized what happened, I had my Canon camera on a strap around my wrist and it it just flew. Flew straight ahead and all I saw like in slow motion was, oh, there's this young family in front of me with these two kids and each parent's holding their hands. They're having this idyllic afternoon walk back to the car, you know, back from their idyllic day, back to the car. And this camera was flying right over their head. <laughs> oh my God, the panic. I was like, what? And it missed the little boy's head by, I don't know, a foot. And landed and basically exploded right in front of him. And the kid was like, ah, screaming, crying. The father's like, gals who chase, so screaming. Everyone turns around and I'm still on my face, my stomach, my hands out going, me dispiace, I'm so sorry. And with that, we all regrouped and the little boy came over with the remains of my camera and I, I like, touched his head. I said, I'm so sorry. And he goes, where are you from? <laughs> it was so exciting. He could tell in my Italian that I was definitely not Italian. <laughs> so my camera was no longer finito on day two of the trip. A little disappointing, but it, no one was hurt. All good in the end. So we get back in the Fiat Tipo. We drive back to our hotel, change quickly because my goal as I promised them the day before, it was to take them to Harry's Bar for an aperitivo. We drive really fast. We get to that same parking area with the same digital meter. I had the license plate ready. Did it. I thought didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. This woman that came out of a dress shop right next door. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, I do this all day long. <laughs> 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 to every single tourist, I was like, I'm so sorry. She goes, just come in and buy something. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. So Charlene did go in and look and said she'd be back. And sadly, we never made One it One of the be-backs. Yes. So we quickly walked to Harry's Bar because we had a dinner reservation with some friends. We walked to Harry's Bar and Cuso. Closed. Totally closed. Yet the day before on Monday... Cuso, the sign, closed. And then Tuesday was supposed to be aperto. But, you know, it's Italy in the fall. And so they decided to be closed again on Tuesday. Well, they've just had a mob scene summer. Probably. So with that, I said, don't fear. We walked straight up the little street to my second, third favorite place in all of Chernobyl. 
where I had dinner a couple years ago. We closed the place down because that doesn't normally happen. They have very civilized restaurant hours for them, you know, like 8 p.m. till till 11, 12 at the latest. But I was with a bunch of Great Danes and we closed the place down. So when we walked in and I asked the barista for four Aperol spritzes, I said last time I was here was two years ago and we literally closed the place down way in the morning hours. And she looked at me, she goes, oh, Santito, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Two years later. So she gave us our Aperol spritzes. They were delicious. The first that the girls had. And then without asking, she delivers this big platter of brasala, prosciutto, cheese, bread, you name it. And the girl said, or Samantha said, did you order this? Aren't we going to dinner somewhere? I said, this is aperitivo hour. No, I didn't order it, but you know what? They, I mentioned that I had been here before. They're very loyal. They're fun. They're nice. And if you can speak some Italian and, you know, befriend each person in your own little way, they go out of their way to make your time there extra special. So that was lovely. They all ate every inch of it. They devoured it. It was the best they ever had, so they said. And with that, we had to go meet my friends of 25 plus years at a restaurant down the way closer to the Swiss border. So my friend Mickey made a reservation at this place uh, closer to the Swiss border that he said the food is amazing It's not all about the interior, though. It's about the food. Sicilian family started this restaurant in Chernobyl however many years ago, so it was very seafood-based, lovely, lovely cuisine. The interior, as he mentioned, isn't what you go for. We walked in. It was like, wow, this is bright. (laughs) (laughs) Not fluorescent lighting, but as bright as you can possibly get. You have seen some of those restaurants in yes, Italy. Yes. For for whatever reason, they have such good design, such good taste, but some restaurants just don't think about the lighting. They don't get the atmosphere thing. Some of them don't. No. Okay. But it doesn't mean the food's not great. Right. Because this was amazing. Right. So there were 13 of us in total, and he chose this place because because it can a- accommodate a table for 13. And I have known these friends since I lived there. And they're the same cast of characters from all those fun stories in Chernobyl, like the Festa di Pesce. All those people were at this meal. The Danish mob. The Danes and some Italians. Well, in this case, it was all great Danes, as a matter of fact. The Danish mob. The Danish mob. Mickey, Christian, you name it, Katrina, Dita, Birte. Anyway, we had the most lovely dinner And I kept just cruising around the tables because I wanted to talk to everyone. And Charlene, Sally, and Samantha were dispersed between the groups and out came platter after platter of thin, thin pieces of salmon and tuna and white fish from the lake, but it was like uncooked, some of it. And then a whole platter of octopus, which Charlene tried for the first time in her life And everyone recorded it in slow motion. (laughs) She loved it. She loved it. She did. Yeah. I didn't try it. No, no thanks. Well, I had octopus down in Monopoly and... You did? Oh, that's right. Down in Puglia. On the Zupa 
Oh, right. Okay, we'll get to that in another episode. So anyway, this lovely meal, it just kept coming and coming. And then everyone had like a, a spaghetti con vongole, you know, uh, clams with uh, spaghetti and... White sauce. Yes, with a lot of wine in the sauce. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of wine, we had a lot of wine. It was delicious. And then, of course, my friend Mickey, as he always does, he sneaks out early with the excuse he has to... Well, this was true. He did have to fly to Copenhagen the next morning, but he goes up and he pays the bill behind my back every time. So this is a shout out to my friend, Mickey, the most generous person I know. Grazie mille. We had a lovely, lovely, lovely time. And I was so thrilled to see my friends again. I saw them two years ago, but that's never enough. So (laughs) we drove back full stomachs, happy hearts, and went to bed knowing our next morning was our drive to Toscana, to Tuscany. So I think we'll have to stop here because I've been rambling on. And our next episode will be day four, technically, of this road trip, our drive to Tuscany. So thank you very much for listening. The next several episodes will be about this road trip. New villages I went to, new restaurants I found, new people I met, new friends I made, and new vineyards. New, wonderful Italian experiences that you should have also. Yes. So thank you for listening. And we'd love to thank that man that left us the review. What was his name, Tom? His name on Apple Podcast was BassBoy847. We don't obviously don't know his real name, but he said, I'm so enthralled with Kimberly's Italy podcast. It came at a time where I was desperately looking for all things Italian to fill my happy tank. (laughs) And... I had never heard that expression. I love it. I haven't heard happy that Happy tank. Happy tank in the punto. <laughs> but thank you, Bass Boy. Thank you very much. And if anyone else wants to leave a review, if we fill your happy tank, please let us know. That's so sweet. Okay. Ci vediamo. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, tutti. We're out of Prosecco. Cute. <laughs>